Okay. I believe that we are all set. Uh, I think all the audio is going correct. Um, we have the interpreter set up. We are streaming. Um, and hopefully a codice technology will be cooperative with us. Oh, you're yeah. having a codice today. Yeah. So it's yeah, kind of tomorrow end, so. Okay. <laughs> here, here, it's still tomorrow, so. Okay, so you'll probably be fine. <laughs> let, 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 let's see, let's see. To the best of my knowledge, we'll, we'll be fine. Okay. So I want to um, welcome everybody. Um, thank you all for coming. Today, we have the good fortune to hear from Kamalaksha. He is... Um, a very nice devotee from Finland, um, who I was happy to meet many, many years ago. It's probably been at least a decade, right? Has to be a decade, yeah. Yeah. Um, the only time I ever met him in person was in uh, uh, Odaria at the opening of Gorvijay Mandir. Um, but as probably all of you have been, um, I've been reading his he and um, Krishangi's comics and my kids to this week have been, they read the Das Avatar, um, my little girl, seven-year-old, um, she loves those books, the little Bhakti Yoga Dictionary. Um, so anyway, we're very happy to have uh, Kamalaksha Prabhu here um, to hear about his story. Um, I'm going to attempt to share his biography, which in his unique style, he sent a cartoon that he and Krishangi did. Um, so I'm going to put it up on the screen if I do this right. Kamalakshi, could you um, could you read it? It would I'll, be about coming in your voice. Yeah, I think. yeah. and, and if, if you want, I can give short like commentaries just to... That'd be great. Okay, okay. wonderful. So let's see. Give me one second here. Sure, no, no worries. Is that working? Uh, yeah, at least on my end, I'm I'm seeing page number one. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, well, the title says it all. Of course, here you have our Krishangis and my secular name or my surname. Actually, everyone knows me by my surname in the in the world. And Kaisa is, of course, Krishani, and she, she's the artist. Okay, so, yeah, the title says it all. Okay, so, I was born. I think that's as much as we can say about that image. Okay, so, after that, as every unfortunate child, I too was sent to school. And I thought it was quite boring. And, and this, I think, is one of the main reasons, actually, that I turned to bhakti. I, I found most things quite boring. Okay, but what did I do to pass time at school? I took out my pens and my papers and I would draw comics in, in class. 
to tune out the boring, boring things the teachers were speaking about. And this, of course, will attest to my uh, academic accomplishments, which are very limited, to be honest. Okay, so as we can see, this speaks about that. My grades in school weren't that great. I was like just in the middle. I wasn't terrible, but I wasn't exemplary either. So I, I kind of just like went with the roll with the punches, I, I think are the is the saying you use. Okay, so my parents loved me nonetheless. In in our in our family, we didn't have a lot of like academic stress put on the kids. So as long as we kind of passed the grades and, and went from one class to the next, that was good enough. And in Finland, we have the gradation system from four to 10 and seven as, as seen on this paper that my father holds in his hand, that's exactly in the middle. So I kind of was very like, very much in the middle of everything. <laughs> okay. So things that weren't boring, of course, was skateboarding. And, and this was one of the like big passions in my, my life. Uh, I still today strongly identify as a skateboarder, even though I haven't been standing on my board again for, well, almost a decade, I think. But it, there's something about the mentality of a skateboarder that starts looking at the world through a different lens and, and you start seeing things in the cityscape that ordinary mortals do not see and, and this was a revelation and also a lot of fun and here is my brother and me skateboarding and, and skating we were hanging out in the streets and annoying grown-ups and, and stealing plywood and, and this is kind of the teenager mentality I, I still carry with me to, to this day, even though I try to like uh, steal a little bit less these days. But we, we couldn't even understand that plywood would be, it would be stealing. We just pick them up at construction sites as there would be our, our personal lockers or something. You made uh, ramps out of them? We made jump ramps, we made banks, whatever we 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 <laughs> thought of, yeah. And of course, once you immerse yourself in, in a culture like skateboarding, you you pretty quickly like it's a slippery slope. And 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 for me, skateboarding quickly led to punk rock. And and this was this was another like super interesting thing for me. Uh, I grew up in an environment which was, I would say, more upper middle class and again, I'm repeating myself, but quite boring. And in punk rock, I found the energy and the creativity that I, I had been looking for as well as something else. And we'll come to that, I think, in the upcoming images. And I, I noticed the little uh, straight edge X's on the, on the hands here. <laughs> That's that's true. Yeah, I, I actually didn't even. Did, did, I t-shirt. 
yeah, so. it, it's not time since we, we made this show, so I, I had forgotten about the exes. But yeah, it was kind of like interesting for me if we go, go back to the straight edge thing that for me, I was never into any any drug, alcohol, tobacco, anything. That that's I, I have no explanation, but it just bore zero interest for me. And then one day someone in the punk scene said, so you're straight edge. And I was like, what? I'd never heard the term. I, I didn't know anything about it, but they explained to me that a straight edge person is one who doesn't like indulge in drugs and so forth. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And kind of like then in the Finnish punk rock scene, I think I was among the one or two straight edge people that there popped up a few later on, but in the beginning it was more like oh yeah i found my identity just by stumbling upon it and and that's mm-hmm. kind of the story of my life in in so many aspects okay so punk rock uh as those perhaps not that familiar with the culture uh speaks about the ills of the world quite a lot and, and through punk rock, I came to understand that things weren't always as they should be in this world. And, and this, of course, at when I was a teenager, 15, 16, uh, was quite naive still, I would say, in, in the black and white understanding of how, how the world should be. But then again, I think every teenager has the perfect answer to how to fix all the ills in the world. And I was no different. And the... Shastra of these punk rock records gave me all the power in the world to be a, a warrior of justice. As you can see, I, I very eagerly that, that that's another aspect of, of me that's quite obvious to anyone who, who's, who knows me. Whatever I take an interest in, I'm very keen to share this information. And, and this is something I know some people say that I have this autistic trait that I'm super focused on a few things and then I immerse myself in them and also then share it. And, and that's, again, something that's helped me a lot in my life. I think it's been more a blessing than a curse, even though sometimes people tell me I might be a little too much. And this, this is the way of the world. Even though I might know the absolute truth, it's not always received that enthusiastically by others. So yeah, I hit my head against the wall a few times. And, and again, an ongoing process in my life. Okay. So... I, as shown many slides ago, I was always drawing. And one thing that I've come to realize much later on is that I, I'm really quite a talentless person. I don't have any particular talents except one. And this talent kind of makes up for all of my other shortcomings. And, and this is the talent to somehow be able to surround myself always with people who are more talented and 
more intelligent and more uh, exemplary in, in any way than I would ever be. But somehow I'm able to stay in their midst and, and be able to work with them. And this is something, again, I see from day to day. And, and well, my relationship with Krishangi is a testament to this thought. Okay, so I was able to graduate. I spent 12 years in, in school and I got a white hat. That's something you get in Finland when you when you graduate from, I don't know. Well, we have nine grades of basic school and then three years of what we call gymnasium. So, so once you get from those three years, you get a white hat. And I, I have a white hat now somewhere. I never wore it after the day I received it, but it was very important for my parents that that I had this hat. <laughs> and I remember being very like militantly straight edge also at, at this time. So my parents, of course, they wanted to have a big, big party and invite everyone there. And I said, OK, I, I'll go along with this, even though I kind of didn't like parties. But I said, that's fine. But should there be should I see a single drop of alcohol in this party, I will leave immediately and they will have the party without me. So then we just served some like really horrible green soft drink that I was particularly fond of at the time. Okay, so here is another I wouldn't say life-changing event, but but an educational event in my life. In Finland, there's uh, the mandatory military service, and it lasted when when I was doing it. It was either eight months or eleven months, and I had quite big disagreements with my father. I would have wanted to make, do the civil service, but for him, it was quite important that I would go to the army. He had probably his own reasons. I never got into those that much. But in the end, I agreed that I'd try it out for a few weeks. And if it didn't fit, then I'd quit. But in the end, actually, it was a very good experience for me, I would say, in, in many ways. But again, even though I was... In, in the army, I still had this feeling that things in the world weren't as they should be. And, and this was something that I was thinking a lot about. And I think that's quite a common thing for a teenager to go, go through. But for me, I was trying to figure, figure things out. And well, one thing that changed at this point was that I realized that the world wasn't the problem as such, but I was the problem myself. So I needed to change myself before I tried to change the world. And yeah, that's basically, I, I was more the problem than, than the world was the problem. So I was always looking for, for practical ways of doing some improving and, and and one quite like obvious thing was turning vegetarian 
I had already made up my mind that I would become vegetarian after the military service. But once there, I was thinking that what the hell, why not do it immediately? Why try to push it into some distant future? So I went to the doctor and I got a written note from, from the military doctor saying that I'm a vegetarian that I then took to the kitchen. And, and then I just remember when I was at the doctor and he was asking me about these things that just so you're becoming a vegetarian and do you eat fish? And I was like, no, 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 no fish. Of course not. It's an animal. And then he was asking, well, how about eggs? Do you eat eggs? And then I became very hesitant because I wasn't sure whether or not vegetarians <laughs> eat eggs, but to err on the side of caution, I said, no, no, no eggs either. So dairy products, that's okay, but eggs are not okay. So I actually, somewhere in the Finnish military records is a note saying that I'm officially a vegetarian. <laughs> was there anybody else who was a vegetarian? Not, no, no, not to, not to the best of my knowledge at that time. We had like a separate table for, for those who had like food allergies and I was seated uh -huh. by them. Uh -huh. but, but actually like, it was received quite well. Like uh, no one, like, of course, like when you're with a bunch of guys, someone might be teasing you, but there wasn't like any serious, like questioning of this, that more it was like, oh, so you're a cow now or something. But uh, I was actually surprised how well everyone around me took this change. And at this time, of course, I had already um, come in contact with the devotees and I was reading, reading Prabhupada's books and I had gotten the most peculiar book, I think, Easy Journey to Other Planets. And I was trying to read it to the other guys in, in, my, in my room that we were living together, 12 guys. And again, very interesting times, <laughs> perhaps not the best introductory book in the early 90s but <laughs> okay so despite my different quirks i was actually promoted to lance corporal uh, for exemplary military behavior and this is something that krishani thinks is the most horrible thing that one can be called but i i kind of like, like the idea that I was exemplary in something. <laughs> okay, so after, after having, having finished my military service, uh, I went for a while to the university. I studied sociology and, and social psychology and, and psychology, but actually I went to the classes, I listened to them, but and, and I kind of enjoyed listening to, to these intelligent people, but the books I didn't I, I never got into, so I, I didn't pass any courses and, and that became a problem. So it didn't really work out and I more or less I, I joined the, the Hare Krishnas. This of course, this presentation is something I I show my students, so so that's the way they understand it. And yeah, yeah, I, I had come in contact with the devotees, and it had been like the most interesting and inspiring bunch of people I had met in in my life. I think as a group, so I wanted to somehow be part of that 
And in no time, I was singing and dancing in the streets, which of course, in Finland at that time was considered, I think still would be considered quite crazy, but quite fun. My mother, she wasn't all too happy about me quitting my university career and hanging out with the crazy Hare Krishna people. My mother, of course, uh, was a stewardess. She was uh, flying all around the world and, and she had seen a lot of Hare Krishnas and her opinion of them wasn't all that high, I would, I would dare say. So, so her son becoming a, a devotee wasn't like the best thing. <laughs> uh, so she enrolled me in art school and I of course opposed, but being the good son that I am in the end, I, I agreed again to give it a shot. So as you see, I'm quite agreeable in these, these situations. <laughs> and this was actually the first time in my life that I kind of felt that I fit in, in a school environment. Here I had around me people who were much alike me, even though we were quite different, we came from different backgrounds, we had different like preferences in many things, but there was some like creative energy that, that bound us together. So I, I loved it in art school and I actually tried to make them uh, not pass me. I wanted to stay there, but I had a much more wise teacher than I will ever be. And she understood that when, when it's time for the uh, small bird to fly off out, out of the nest. And, and she very gently kicked me out of art school with uh, decent, decent uh, grades. Okay, so then my actual worst fears in life came true. I had to get a job and I got a job at a local newspaper. I was making these small ads that the companies from around uh, wanted to advertise in, in the paper. So I, I was making those and it was actually quite a lot of fun in the beginning. I learned a lot and, and I had good co-workers, but again, in the end, it was work. And, and my like one big aim in life has been to never work. So, so this was a little bit of a temporary setback, but we, I, I, I got over it, as you'll see. Okay, so I think I worked for, I think nine months, perhaps a year, just enough to gather money so that I could print another comic book. Uh, this one made completely and only by me. And th this was a comic book called Swami Comics, where I tried to explain the philosophy of, of Krishna consciousness to, to people. And I had this printed, I think I printed out 4,000 copies of it and I quit my job and packed my, my dad had a little Honda that he let me use. So I packed the little Honda Civic 
with magaz- magazines and went around Finland selling them in the street. <laughs> so <laughs> you might say that that these moves I've made are haven't been very career oriented, and that that's uh, that's very much the truth. Uh, I have never had a plan in life, and and I've just kind of like stumbled upon things. And I think the longest job application I've ever done is I called up a school and said I could come there and teach, and <laughs> then they they fixed things for me. So uh, for those that don't know me, I'm I'm a teacher. I teach graphic design, which basically means that they pay me to hang around with a lot of creative and interesting people and yeah I, I couldn't imagine a better way to spend one's time and <laughs> amid all of this i was also able to find myself a wife krishangi you you know all, all know her much better than me actually in in when i've I have one funny anecdote. I was going to an art supply store to get something and I I paid them with my credit card and the lady at the counter looked at my credit card and said, Christopher Lecca, which is my civilian name, are you the husband of Kaisa Lecca? So, so I'm, I'm officially the like trophy husband. People know Krishangi that they probably won't know me and and that's that's fine by me krishangi says that it's the scale of inequality that so many women have suffered throughout history uh behind great men so she is now balancing the scale by having me be the like background figure <laughs> okay so together We've, I, I think we've been together for 20 plus years now and we still to this day we continue what we started out when we first met we write and publish things and and that's really like the the lifeline for for us we we do a lot of stuff together but always in the background we have two things we have krishna consciousness and we have publishing and whatever like <laughs> way life throws us at, at us, uh, they, these are, are always present to one extent or another. Yeah, so all, all things considered, my life turned out pretty nice after all. And here you can see me in one of my favorite activities, taking naps and and this is also a thing I've more and more tried to uh, cultivate lately is inefficiency. So okay. yeah, that 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 sums up that 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 part of the of the presentation. Okay. So what else would you like to know? <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, thank you for the. It was very humorous and. I like the little extra details. Um, so um, maybe if we could go go back and you could um, expand a little more um, 
do you feel like um, there was anything, I know you spoke some about being bored in school um, and finding nothing um, interesting, but are there, is there any significant events in your life um, that you feel like drew you towards um, meeting devotees, um, I, taking the path of bhakti? Well, that there are a number of ways to, to answer that. My, my first like initial reaction would be no, like there wasn't any particular life-changing event. It was more like a gradual thing. Uh, but another way of answering that question was how, how, to, how I came in contact with the devotees is that the first Hare Krishna temple in Finland was just a few blocks from uh, where, where I was living. Mm-hmm. And I think we were about seven or eight, perhaps nine years old. And there was a like bunch of bunch of kids around that time, and someone had gotten a flyer from the devotees that you could get a free meal of vegetarian food. Mm-hmm. And at, at that time, we thought that's the most insane thing. Why would someone be a vegetarian? Because hot dogs were the perfect thing in in life. So we decided to go and make fun of the crazy people. And they, they had the temple in the basement. So we thought that, well, once we went down there, we were a little bit scared because we thought the crazy people might abduct us or something. But uh, basically, uh, we, we were just there to heckle the, the poor devotees. And this was, you were, you were that young? I, I think I was around like, I, I couldn't have been more than nine at, oh, wow. at tops. Yeah, so 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 we went there to just make fun of devotees and, and refuse to eat anything and and just like we're quite ill-behaved kids, I would say. Uh, but again, as as you know, Krishna has his way of taking revenge on behavior like this. So so and, and little samskaras too. <laughs> well, perhaps yeah. There, there was something that like drew me. Like I, I there was a side of me that always like would make fun of devotees but when i was in in school when i had to do some like reports on on religion for instance i would always go to the temple to interview them and Mm -hmm. even though i did it in jest i would say something drew me there even 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 though i thought they were completely nuts and yeah was your uh was your family at all religious or? Uh, as, as most families in Finland, we were, were like, I would say we're Lutheran, but it mm-hmm. wasn't anything that that was ever practiced more than we would go to church on Christmas and and should there have been a wedding or a funeral that, that would take place in the church. Uh, I, I went to, again, partially against my will i went to to this uh, i it's called in finland con- confirmation camp you go for a week mm-hmm. and you learn the basic things of christ of the christian faith and then then you get some some award for that uh but i i wouldn't say my family was particularly religious and and again uh, getting in, in into punk rock at as a teenager, mo- most punk rockers are quite critical of religion, and and that kind of rubbed mm-hmm. off on me as well. So so I had this like 
quite short and, and not that deep atheist face, but that, that was more like just a reaction against the perceived hypocrisy and corruption of, of any religious institution. And, sure. and again, yeah, that, that wasn't like a brilliant career move and, and didn't last that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I had very similar experience and kind of same yeah. path getting into punk rock and um, feeling like you have all the answers and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stealing plywood and skateboarding. But, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened to your interview, so I, I gathered uh, as much that we have like much in common, even from the pre-devotee days. Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you feel like there was anything... Um, um like anything in particular that that led up to meeting the devotees that um like internal internal um qualities or questions um that like when you met the devotees everything kind of clicked or uh I, I wouldn't say everything clicked when i met the devotees but but uh i had again as a teenager i was always interested in different outlooks on life and I was reading uh, we had a new age bookshop again a few blocks from where we lived so so I got uh, the Dao De Jing I think it's pronounced the, the Taoist uh, book and I still have it in my bookshelf I, I, I very much liked it and then I was going through my parents bookshelf and at some point I found the Buddhist scripture the Dhammapada there and, and that really made an a strong impact on me because in it were quite clear like instructions you shouldn't like hurt anyone everyone fears death you shouldn't kill or cause others to be killed so so i had some like vague notion of of eastern spirituality being something that i i was drawn towards Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i think People learned about that, and, and I, I, I then through punk rock, through Shelter, the, the Hare Krishna-like hardcore band, I got more into also Krishna consciousness. Uh, but it was a little bit of a like threshold for me to actually go to the temple. It was a little bit scary, but mm-hmm. I had a friend who drove me there, and was he refused to come on- in. He- was it still close by? Uh, at this point, actually, it had it had moved, and 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 it's mm-hmm. an interesting interesting story, at least for me, interesting that I really pre-internet days things weren't that simple. So, so I remembered seeing some small poster on a on a some public like signboard by the railway station. I went there and I tore away all the all the other flyers and I actually found underneath that if you're interested in Krishna consciousness, here's the address you can go mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I actually went there, but unfortunately that, that, that was a temple they had moved away from. So I came to mm-hmm. an empty house and I was asking the neighbor a little bit. I wanted to know what, what, what kind of people they are. So I was like, well, were they nice or were they crazy? And and the neighbor was like, no, no, they were harmless. They were quite nice. So so then I again gathered a little bit more courage and and continued my search for for the temple. 
Mm -hmm. um, so you said you had a friend who who introduced you, or um, uh, actually, I had a friend who had a car. So so he uh -huh. drove me to the temple, uh, mm -hmm. which was a little bit outside the like central Helsinki area, which is the, where I was leaving the capital of Finland. Okay. So so he drove me there, and I. But he refused to come inside. He said he'll he'll wait in the car. He'll he'll wait here fifteen minutes. So I I went inside and I stumbled my way to the kitchen, and I met this very wonderful devotee, Madana Mohini Dasi, who for me at that point was an older lady and an older devotee. She was thirty something at that point, yes. uh, but she she seemed really happy and and happy to see me even though we had never seen each other and a few of my questions and then gave me a bag of cinnamon buns to take along with me so so this was the kind of prashadam i got hooked on quite quickly mm -hmm. and, and yeah that, that that was just like the, the so welcoming and a nice atmosphere that that i came into kind of gave me again more encouragement to pursue this path uh -huh. and and again at this time i i had just like by total chance met an american girl uh who was an exchange student in finland at the time and her boyfriend was also into krishna consciousness so she was a little mm. bit interested in it and, and I, I met her at some some concert and having like the X's on my hand, she noticed that I'm straight edge and she hadn't hadn't like met another straight edge person in Finland. So she came and spoke with me and, and we then made a pact to, to visit the temple whenever possible. And and that kind of like also helped me that I had some support with me should should things go the wrong way. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so this was this was before your military service, correct? Uh, this was like actually during my military service. Uh -huh. So, mm -hmm. so in, in in the in the time I was doing my military service, I would be there from Monday to Friday, and then uh -huh. Saturday, Sunday, I would have the time off. So perfect for attending the the Sunday feast. Uh -huh. And yeah, and I was like, I remember, I I don't, I remember coming to the first class, and. I remember the devotee giving the class and I didn't understand much of anything, which mm -hmm. is quite quite a given. I remember him giving some examples that I thought were a little bit silly and, and then something a little bit uh, misogynistic also, which I reacted upon. But other than that, I, I thought it was a, a nice experience. But when the like plate of prasadam came, I was totally blown away. I yeah. like... I had never been into eating like I was like I always viewed eating mm -hmm. as something that's mandatory to kind of keep you going but I couldn't comprehend that something this good could exist so <laughs> again that that was one thing that just like had me instantly hooked I can say mm -hmm. so yeah did I answer your question I'm a little bit scattered yeah. brain no, here. no no that, that's great um so then through your that was just a regular occurrence through your military service. Um, so were you living on some kind of base and some kind of military quarters or 
where you yeah yeah I, I lived on during the weeks i was on, in the military quarters and and that was mm -hmm. like some uh 70 miles from from helsinki where where the where mm -hmm. i lived at that time at, at my parents house uh and and yeah during the weekends on friday night i would come come from there and and then i would as much as possible seek the company of devotees i i was quite quite impressed by them i had grown so tired of the punk rock scene which had these high ideals but then all that people did and, and this is again my my personal experience might might be different for others but they would just do the same things that the people in the world i wanted to escape did but they just did it like in the mode of ignorance so so the same drinking the same like for me at that time i i felt just pointless debating without any action kept going mm -hmm. on and, and when i came to the devotees i was so so impressed about the like again creative energy and the, the like uh really like putting your beliefs into turning your beliefs into action that i i couldn't help but be drawn towards that and i also very very much liked the idea of this disciplined lifestyle mm -hmm. so um <clears throat> so you go through your your military time and then um did you ever did you ever try to move into the temple or um i one once i got did you want to kind of go ahead again uh yeah you you make it sound like it would have been a conscious decision on my part and i've come to realize that i've made preciously few conscious decisions in my life and and again i kind of like just went along and and with life so i would go every morning i would try to go to the temple at this point once i was done with my military service the temple had actually moved back to the center of helsinki so now it was like i would say a 15 20 minute walk for me oh. so so this of course made me really happy and this was a very like uh good time i would stay in in the finnish krishna consciousness movement because so much was happening and, and there was a real energy of like uh, we're taking over the world kind of mm -hmm. vibe, vibe mm -hmm. to it. And I just remember like there, there were so many like nice people there. I, I just happened, I was this week and I went to Brussels to the comic book festival there. And, and I met an old friend. I hadn't met him in probably 15 years who was a devotee living at the temple at the time. Mm -hmm. And, and he was such a wonderful devotee still a super nice guy, guy this day mm -hmm. uh and i kind of latched on to him and a few other mm -hmm. of the same age as me and 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 that kind of like also uh made the bond stronger to the temple mm -hmm. and and just remembering like going there i would skateboard to mangalarati which was at five in the morning and, and people were leaving the bars coming home completely drunk and were walking a little bit wobbly in the street and I was skateboarding towards them on my way to the temple and I remember thinking about the verse in the Bhagavad Gita about the self-realized soul the night time for the normal people and the self-realized person seeing that <laughs> from a different perspective so this of course was very like practical Bhagavad Gita experience for me mm -hmm. so then it sounds like a lot of um in kind of beginning exposure to krishna consciousness to the path of of bhakti um inspiring like 
is is pretty typical. A lot of kind of overwhelming. Yeah, I, I found it. Um, you know. Yeah. Really confirming kind of experiences. With um, were there any um challenges, um, doubts, um, confusion, um, uh, problems, well, problems that you encountered as you started practicing? I, I would say the problems, the few problems that I had, uh, that they came later on. Well, one thing I remember about was that going to the temple, I was feeling so happy that one doubt arose in my mind. I was thinking, I cannot be this happy unless they're putting drugs in the food. <laughs> so so this, this was my big fear that they were drugging me to keep me happy. Uh, and of course it's true to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was, I was just thinking, I cannot be this happy that there needs to be some, some problem going on, but really that, that thought didn't last that long. But I, I remember thinking mm -hmm. that thought very like strongly. Uh, I wouldn't say there were problems as such. I, I just like, I was, I was taken in by a bunch of wonderful people. I remember helping out in the kitchen quite a lot in the beginning. And I was, I would stand there for hours on end doing dishes. And I was like, this is the best thing in life. I, I'll never leave mm -hmm. this place that mm -hmm. there, like, there can be any greater joy than washing the dishes. Mm -hmm. I've had those experiences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 like it's it's good to speak with someone who who knows it because if you would tell an ordinary person that I was so happy washing the dishes, they would think like you're, you're ready for a mental institution. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I was I was just so happy happy to ha have the company of the devotees. That was like, yeah. So and then um, so I I understood you went from your military service then you kind of went to tried university um yes did your mother did your mother in her experience as a flight attendant um did she say anything like what were her conversations with you like about um the devotees and well how did, how did some of that go, back and forth again again we're approaching some like vague per, vague risk of, of some Vaishnava parade, but I'll tell you an example. She said that her view of the devotees was that you flipped over a rock and some like pale thing came crawling out. And, and that was that was her view of the devotees, that they were like these pale looking people under malnourished and 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 yeah a little bit brainwashed. That was her take. But but it wasn't like uh in at no point did my parents like try to forbid me of going mm -hmm. to the temple. They were, I mean, I can appreciate now that they were worried. I mean, sure. <laughs> I was sure. a stupid 19 year old. Of course they were worried, but, mm -hmm. but ne never did they like try to dismiss me in any way or, or like threaten me in, in any way. So, so I, I had the fortune of having loving parents in that sense. I remember at one time in sitting in the car with my dad and or we were the, the entire family was in the car and and I was explaining something about Krishna conscious to my dad and, and he said, you've become a fanatic. And and that made me so proud. Yes, I'm a fanatic. That, that's 
that's what you should be in life. That, that, that's the best thing you can be. So, so his like uh, genuine worry for me was a badge of honor. <laughs> uh, rather than, But, you're saying kind of rather than be blandly into something just because yeah. you have to, to be like full on. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. So, so I especially like a fanatic. I thought that that's, that's something really cool. <laughs> and, and I remember also my, another time I was writing usually like these discussions with my father took place in a car for one reason or another but we were driving somewhere and and he turned to me and said that he thought that his worst nightmare in life would be that his son would become a Hare Krishna but now one of his sons is a Hare Krishna and the other one is a terrorist And this was my brother getting into the animal rights movement and, and participating in, <laughs> in some of these things. So, so he had like, we, we, we really like schooled my dad on, on, on during that time. <laughs> Tortured and both, both his sons became his worst name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he, 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 would have, he would have seen quite a different path for us through life. But for some reason, he's, both he and my mother have always been supportive of us even though they were worried sick i mean we mm -hmm. we did some quite stupid things in mm -hmm. retrospect so so i mean they, they, they were right in many things but their views of devotees i i think were wrong <laughs> uh, so then um so you eventually became a teacher and um We're teaching yeah. graphic design. Um, it, that's where um, Guru Nishta went to school, right? With you? Uh, yeah, yeah. That I, I'm now teaching at a different school. I'm teaching at a higher, higher level. But but Guru Nishta was was my student. Yes. So wow. so he, he came to study study under me. <laughs> And I've seen. Um, I mean, I've mostly known you for like photography back when I, when I met you, um, what is, is there, um, can you share with us some of like your interest in like, what's your particular media of art that you like to do or, um, or how are you involved in graphic design and I guess through the publishing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've always like had this love of the printed media that, 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 that's my main, main love in life. I would say. In, I remember, a, um, I remember hearing you were a, a Fontasaurus. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've like, I've, I've been known to, to like be fanatical about typography as well. And, and, uh -huh. and that's kind of like perhaps the autistic traits that I, I get super into something and, and just I'm, I'm able to focus quite intently on that. So I actually was on the radio the public broadcasting radio a week or two ago speaking about typography so mm -hmm. so people kind of know me for knowing fonts and then i get like people get in touch with me asking what's this typeface and what's that typeface and i'm quite often more often than not i'm able to help them out so so yeah mm -hmm. i'm and and graphic design for me it's it's like it's the thing i i, I love the most in in life i would say uh, And particularly for me, I think it's the ability to communicate through like visual means that, that that's the thing. I'm, I'm not into high art that much because for me, it's so 
uh, open ended. It's it's so ambiguous. I, I want to. I have something to say, and and through graphic design, I'm able to express myself in ways I, I would otherwise not be. And and that's and then also it help. It allows me to work together with with the most talented people imaginable. And and mm-hmm. again, my my role in the equation is more that like of of the creative director other people do the right stuff and i just kind of bring them together and and serve as an kind of well conductor mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. Um, and yeah well one, one example for instance was i i've been blessed to have some some amount of money and and for instance brigo was writing his book on ekadashi so mm-hmm. When I, I learned about this, I, I told him that you 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 write a book this crazy and and I'll be crazy enough to publish it. So so whenever someone has something uh, that I feel inspired about, I ins- insert myself in one way or another. And 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 we've been working with Brigo also on quite a few projects. And and yeah, that's been a learning experience for me as well. One. One book in particular that I thought was the the craziest project was uh, Brigu wrote uh, a book called Sadbuj Ashtakam, uh, which is entirely in Sanskrit. So this is the only book in Finland that's ever published in Sanskrit. And and when he told me about it, I was like, I mean, you 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 write that book and I'll publish it. <laughs> and yeah. So so for me, the, I I have like a particular particular love for crazy projects the, the crazier the better usually uh-huh. again going back perhaps to the punk rock ideals of of sure. doing something something different yeah. but you've you've out of that you've produced such unique um inspiring projects um like those the devotee comics you've you've put out and um that yeah i i've i've had people recently even pull out that the little bhakti yoga book yeah the little um, book of bhakti and ask me what it is and look through it and and they're they're super impressed (laughs) they think it's such a good idea yeah it's it's an interesting book for for me it's interesting because when we go to these comic book conventions people come up to us and they have zero interest in yoga zero interest in bhakti but they might just pick up this book because they found find it intriguing looking and, and that's something that i try to bring to the table like i'm it, it's written by brigu it's illustrated by krishani so they've done the heavy lifting i've just like then compiled it into a like book format uh, but for for me it's so so such an interesting thought that the way we package something uh will help people to appreciate it and 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 that, that's something that i try to bring bring to the table mm-hmm. that uh making things beautiful and interesting looking might might lower the threshold for people to somehow get in touch with with bhakti and i think that's something we've succeeded in quite quite well yeah you really seem especially you and krishangi seem like a very compatible um great team each one kind of augmenting the other um so that you can produce yes these, um 
these great works of art and um do yeah, you want to share I, any go ahead yeah well when i speak with my with my students i usually present the two of us working together in the way that Krishangi is the workhorse. She really like she puts in she she does the heavy lifting. She she really puts the work in. And I'm I'm more of a like fluttering butterfly who just like I go out on walks and come up with different ideas and then come back and mm -hmm. tell her, Krishangi, we need to do a book like this. So so now you 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 do it and then I'll come up with the next idea. And and when, once I get bored, I come up with a new book idea. So so this is something that is slowly driving Krishani crazy, but I think we have something like five or six books planned already that we just need to realize. Well, it's really working. <laughs> um, do you want to share anything from from the time of, um, say, your your teaching in graphic design to um, meeting Gourmet to the present? Um, about kind of how your practice has changed or realizations you've had um, that have kind of kept you going? Yeah. Well, one thing that keeps me going is that there's so much to learn. There, there's so much going on that, that I, it, it'll take me a couple of lifetimes to wrap my head around even the basics. Uh, I remember Guru Maharaj coming to our home and staying here for a retreat at one time and this i think this was the first time he came to finland actually mm -hmm. and i we went on a walk and i told him that if someone would have asked me one year or two years earlier tell me about krishna consciousness i would have given like i would have given an answer it's like this it's like this it's like this and i thought i understood everything i knew everything but once I started listening to Guru Maharaj and, and attending his classes and, and becoming his, his follower, I realized I understand nothing. I, I, I know nothing. And, and, and when I told, told him this during our walk, he just smiled and says, yes, now you're making progress. <laughs> so so, so that, that, that's one thing that, that really like stuck with me that I thought I had it all figured out. I, I would have been able to draw like a graph that this is Krishna consciousness. And mm -hmm. when I actually, I understood nothing. Mm -hmm. And another thing that impressed me when Guru Maharaj was coming over to our place was during a class when one devotee told him that, yes, I'm just trying to understand the basics. I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the like, I'm not this body stuff. And then Guru Maharaj quite sternly told that, no, this is not enough. We need to study, we need to learn the philosophy, we need to listen, and we need to like engage ourselves in this process. It's not that just we, we can lazily stand back and say, I'm, I'm trying to figure out the basics, that, that, that won't stand. So that kind of was uh, like also an important moment for me, understanding that, wow, here we're really like, we're, we're, we're really moving towards something much bigger. Mm -hmm. Nice. <clears throat> um, would you say, because um, we're, we're running low on time, um, is yeah. there anything, um, are there any particular insights um, or Archana would call it gifts from your, from your journey that you, 
that um, really impacted you that you'd like to share with everyone? Uh, yes, I've come to understand that my engagement in, in Bhakti has been more despite of my own efforts than because of them, meaning that I haven't been able to like really do anything worthwhile, but somehow I've, I've had the good fortune of constantly having devotees more intelligent, more talented, more progressive than me surround me. And, and I've, I've been able to somehow hang on to them. And that, that's like, that's my big take. I like Archana City, I think uh, Archana City usually spoke about this, like these interviews as the hero's journey. But as I told you, for me, it's more the fool's mm -hmm. journey. It's like, there's, I, I've just like stumbled upon the perfect thing and, and somehow been allowed to stay in touch with it. Well, it's, it's that luck and, and the, the luck comes from surrounding yourself with, with good people and uh, yeah, sadness. that's true. So um, I'd like to ask if, um, does anybody have any questions for Kamalaksha today? Um, you can either type it in the chat or um, if Akura has any um, questions from any of the Spanish speakers. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, and unfortunately, we, they, they, they are all in English. We were a really small publishing house and, and we have a very limited, limited ability to, to publish books. So, so we've chosen English as the kind of Esperanto and, and yeah, you'll just have to do with that. And if you want something published in Spanish, my instruction is publish something yourself. And I say this as a, like with, with a loving heart, I, I think people should, and this was something that really inspired me when I, I became, came in touch with the devotees was how actively you could participate yourself, how like much encouraged it was at the time to, to use your own voice. And, and that's something that's uh, really like helped me in life quite a lot. Now there's a long question and I don't understand a word. <laughs> Akura, can you, yeah, if you could translate um, Rajahari's question. Yeah, well, I, I understand it, I think, to some extent. And, and for me, as a graphic designer, I'm, I'm, I'm different from like 
a free artist. So, so I always have an objective I want to achieve. That, that, that's, that's the thing that speaks to me in graphic design. It's not like just subjective interpretation first and foremost, but it's, it's conveying a message. And then you have to ask what's, what's the best method to convey this message taken into consideration my financial situation, uh, my abilities, technical abilities and, and artistic abilities and, and, and go, it with, go with it from there. I would say uh, it, it's so individual. What, what speaks to you? What, what way do you want to speak about, for instance, in my case, Krishna consciousness to people? And, and I've, ever since I've learned reading, comic books were the one thing I, I loved. And I thought this is the perfect medium because uh, there's this Japanese samurai author who, who said that things of great concern should be treated lightly. And, and this is a, a, a truth we, I've come to accept quite strongly in, in my life that comic books, they, they seem as such an innocent art form and, and, and something like for kids. So, so the guards, the, the walls people put up might not be as high when it comes to comics as it would come to just hitting them in the head with a Bhagavad Gita, which like has the weird Sanskrit and everything. So, so for me, it's, it's just like, I'm not a particularly well-read person. So comics, that suits my temperament and, and that works for me. And I, I'm thinking that there has to be there have to be other people like me out there who aren't perhaps able to read these quite difficult deep philosophical books all the time. So comics, low threshold, democratic means of expression. What I also think is so neat is um, for anybody who hasn't um, read any of Kamalaksha and Krishangi's um, comics is they're they're not simple. They're not um, just kind of like, like you were saying, um, people think of comics, so it's, there's nothing to be afraid of, but it, it's nice because you draw people in with that kind of art form, but then there's all this nice nuance in there. It's, it's really like, um, like when I was in college, I read um, Mouse. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciated that so much reading that because um, that was this comic format dealing with this, you know, incredibly heavy um, topic, the Holocaust and this, um, the author's journey. Um, so in, in your comics, it's really nice because there's these, um, it's very personal, like you're, you're putting your lives out there, um, the little side conversations you have, and um, it's all, um, it's it's much deeper than just like you know i'm just reading the the sunday comics in the newspaper right. yeah yeah that, that that's that's the thought and and also like one thing when when we got initiated guru maraj had had one instruction for us and and that was like chant Hare krishna and live a good life so and and later on on we've been speaking with guru maraj and he said that uh, or, or oftentimes in, in his talks, he also speaks about how 
giving a good example is so much more important than, than just like trying to explain some philosophical points. So that's what we try to do also through our comics, show that we're like, just like fallible human beings, but we have found something that's so important, so profound for us. So it's an unlimited like topic for us. That, that, that's another thing. We, we, we can speak about this forever and ever. Yeah. So I want to, I definitely want to get to um, Sargrahi and Sakurati and Sham um, have their hands up for, I assume, a oh. question. Um, the, I'm just realizing also that we didn't cover a huge topic, which is um, for people who don't know, Kamalaksha and Krishangi are incredibly adventurous people. <laughs> so... <laughs> they've been doing for years um bicycle treks um now they're kayaking um all these um amazing adventures that we didn't hear anything about um so, for another another time perhaps yeah i i okay, think so maybe i'll um have sakurati and sham go first Pranam, thank you so much for your beautiful <laughs> presentation. And I really like your Kaiseleka t-shirt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, um, how did you get in contact with Guru Maharaj? Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not completely sure of the timeline anymore, but there was this devotee in Finland, Madhu Mangal, who had been initiated by him. Uh, I think we also received some of the seed, recorded CDs through Brigu. So I think Brigu was quite a like big influence in this situation. And, and then we, I think we wrote Guru Maharaj at, at some point and received replies, but then it kind of like tapered out and during our honeymoon, we, I, I really like wanted to take Krishangi to Los Angeles and especially to Venice Beach because this was the place I found super interesting because all the freaks would hang out there. So, so, so this, this was the place for our honeymoon. And while there, we also wanted to attend the Ratha Yatra, but we realized that the San Francisco Ratha Yatra is also in the same like few weeks we were spending there. So we decided to pop over to San Francisco and there we got in touch with a devotee who was Guru Maharaj's disciple at the time. Krishangi will remember his name. I, I can't remember it right now. But uh, he agreed to take us up to Odaria the day before the Ratayatra festival or two days prior to the Ratayatra festival. And, and that's actually the first time when we met Guru Maharaj in person. So, so we brought him some gifts, we brought him some of our publications, and he, he looked at them quite seriously. And, and we spoke for a while about different topics, and we were quite like impressed by him and, and, and of course by Odaria. Especially we were impressed about how cold it can be in California. We, like as Finns, we had the idea that California is this place of bikinis and palm trees, and we were freezing like crazy over there. That's a side point, uh, but 
The next day, Guru Maharaj then asked us that could you speak with him again? And and we had we had told him that we would like him to come over to Finland to speak. And he he the second day he asked us to speak with him, and he said that it would be more comfortable for him should he had some disciples in Finland. And we were like, yeah, of course, but we can't guarantee anything. Like we we can host you. And and then he told us that. No, I, I want to initiate you. And both me and Krishna were like, that's a terrible idea. That's a horrible idea. And we gave him many reasons why he shouldn't initiate us. But again, he saw something else in us that to this day I might not be able to see, but but he he's quite persistent, as you know. So the next next morning we were initiated. And I remember, I was also always a little bit at that time, a little bit averse to like the ritualistic side of Krishna consciousness. That was something that was a little bit foreign for me, something I've come to appreciate much more later on now. But I remember being so like happy in a sense to be initiated wearing this old quite dirty jeans and an old hooded sweater with so little ceremony. It was just in the morning, Guru Maharaj said, Oh, we have, by the way, we have some uh, additional initiations this morning. And it was a quite informal setting and, and yeah, perfect for me, at least, I have to say. I, I have such nice memories of, of that event as well. Nice. Uh, Sargrahi? Arimol. Arimol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering when will the next uh, issue of Jagannath Swami comics come out? <laughs> because, uh, of course, uh, since you have formed this wonderful uh, tag team with Krishangi, uh, she's been doing the drawing and, and you've been doing, to some extent, the, the writing. But, yes. but, and that has worked, of course, wonderfully. But uh, I can't help missing your... Uh, uh, drawing as well so i'm wondering do you secretly draw a little bit still or, uh, of, or of course, I, of course I draw yeah of course i draw something doodles more and then something small i was just like funnily enough preparing for this interview i went through my old like diaries and i found some drawings from from there did and you share yeah, some uh they're upstairs so it, it might it might take some time for me to locate but if you have the time i can Run up and get them. Sure, I'd I'd love to see some of yours. Let's let's see. I'm I'm just trying to remember it, but yeah, you'll have to give me a minute or two to locate locate them. So, yeah, yeah. speak about some more interesting topics now. Rigupad, when is the is the next volume of the Little Book of Bhakti Yoga coming out? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, somebody asked about that book recently. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's it might be out of print, so so we should do a new new print of it. I think uh -huh. you you have to try to 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 get Kamalaksha to agree to that. But the second <laughs> part would be also a good idea. Second part yeah. with something else in it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. <laughs> Also, we should remind everyone that on Saturday, Brigupad will give a class. 
Oh yeah. For Bhaktivinoda appearance day. Great. And also next week, um, Brigupad is the interviewee. Okay. So I, I I couldn't find my like more recent notebook, but here's a drawing, for instance, of Krishani working on one of our books and me by oh, wow. behind her. So that's something that I've I've drawn. And oh, what I'm saying there is I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, that, that, that's kind of the style I, I'm, I'm working in quite like detailed and that's something I've also forced Krishani to adopt more like a detailed way of doing artwork and yeah. Mm -hmm. Krishani is like of the two of us she's very system orientated and she always wants to do things in a particular manner that's predetermined and I'm more like the chaotic type that always want to, wants to mix things up and that's another part of our relationship. <laughs> again com compatible so yeah so Brigo's yeah. question when's the next issue of Jagannath Swami comics coming out <laughs> that might take one life or two well you can you can add to your um, list of projects I I was asking him when's the next um, little book of bhakti yoga volume two coming out so actually this this is one thing that i I already have everything planned out, but uh, we've been speaking with Ananda Mai about it. We have like a, the project is all set. I just need to twist her arm to start doing her part. You said Ananda Mai? Yes. Uh -huh. So, and, and Brigu has also approved of this idea. It would be like an completely independent uh, sequel to the Little Book of Bhakti Yoga, but should Ananda Mai, hear this. I'm coming for you. <laughs> okay. We'll end with that threat. Good. That's perfect. <laughs> um, just in the chat, Surata Chandana Charchini Devi Dasi says, Cool, you are artist the same that my son, your history very nice. Okay, Jai Radhe. <laughs> Jai Radhe. Thank you very much for coming, Kamalaksha Prabhu. Um, it was wonderful to have you and to hear more of your story. And um, we will see everybody next week. Okay, thank you very much. Haribol. Signing off. Haribol.